Well, Anise, welcome back. Thank you for having me. How are you this morning? I'm good. Good. Thank you for your return visit. I want to begin by just, just checking in with you and seeing uh, how things have been going in your world since we were last together. What's, like what's... a roller coaster ride. Okay. But, you know, for the most part, good. What's the... A couple of little loops on there. Tell me about it. Uh, let's see. Since the last time I was here, uh, two more babies were born to my family. So um, that's been rather exciting and stressful. It'll really worry you when you're a grandparent um, or a mother. Uh, I'm sure uh, had surgery on my mouth, feeling a thousand times better about that. Just in case y'all don't know, you ever feel like you're having a stroke, go get your teeth checked. Because hmm. it, it was that type of effect for me. Um, hmm. Back at work, had very little vacation time, uh, trying to make myself available. I am currently working on a cancer benefit for a young girl. Um, I'd love to talk about that if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, the benefit is called Be the Boy's Benefit. It's for a young lady uh, who's about 25 years old. Spent three years uh, sick, going in and out of doctor's offices, being told she had bronchitis, although she couldn't talk. Um, she got pregnant earlier last year, was able to get on some medical Medicaid assistance, and decided to go see a throat specialist and found out that she had stage four esophageal cancer. Wow. Um, with that being said, it really pisses me off how the medical system works in this country, period. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people who are suffering that should not have ever had to suffer. Um, she's currently under treatment. February the 8th, um, we are holding a huge benefit for her, um, making t-shirts and ribbons, and we're doing a spaghetti uh, dinner dance for the weekend before Valentine's. And, hopefully try to keep her afloat. She was a young girl, just a little housekeeper, um, stepmom to two children. So she has a lot to lose. She's a real fighter though. She is. She's a real fighter. So with that, that being said, um, how was her relationship to you? Okay. So her mother and I have known each other for about 25 years. So I watched this little girl grow up and, uh, she's like a niece. Um, and she calls me, uh, she calls me aunt. So, um, you know, I wanted to step in and get this ball rolling. I have a friend assisting me with it. And honestly, my friend's done most of the work because I work such long hours and I have had the new babies and all that. We've had three total in the last, uh, four months come oh. to the family. So we're just a lot. It's been a lot, um, okay. on top of helping a young mother with some uh, children. Uh, they are currently living with me and uh, trying to show her a different way of life. Uh, she grew up really rough and uh, of course uh, comes from the world of drug addiction, um, which is, uh, for me, women try to escape from that life. It's a weak spot. I, I just want to give them everything. I want to help them with everything. And at the same time, I, uh, you know, try to keep a close rein on them because it's real easy to go back to what you think, and I use the word think, um, makes you comfortable um, only because you don't know another way. So uh, I've just been really, really, really busy. Um,
still going to that horrible job that I hate so much, but I'm very grateful for that horrible job because we well, got to eat and right. kind of chunky, right. so I need lots of food. <laughs> okay, right. I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you relate to that. Yeah. You, got, you got one of those little donut yeah. rolls yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. They say it's good for you sometimes. Yeah. Just for the holidays. Just them. for the holidays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. How is um. The, so the work situation, what, what's going on with that? I mean, what, um, are you trying to move? I mean, huh, huh. Well, it's really hard because, uh, first off, I'm not an educated uh, woman. Um, the education that I have, the things that I know, I basically had to learn on my own or teach myself or take the time to have someone show me. And I'm not above asking you, how do I do this? Because to me, that's probably the smartest thing I've ever done in my life. Sure. Um, but I work in a field um, with a lot of men. And people like to say, oh, it's not like that anymore. But that's bullshit. These men, they, and some of them are worse than, uh, you know, like the Katy Perry's and the, you know, uh, who was it? the Kardashian girls. I'm like, literally, are we really having these elementary school conversations? Um, it's a, it's a constant battle to hold my position. And, um, you know, uh, and I, I say this all the time, and it's the truth for me. You know, they say the grass may look greener on the other side of the fence, but what nobody ever tells you is that the snakes are bigger and more colorful. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, that's my polite way of saying I work with a bunch of assholes, and because they think they're more intelligent or they wear a different color uniform, I'm below them. Right. And I literally just, it's a constant battle. But it is the highest paying job I've ever had in right now in my life financially, I need that. So, sure. And I work such long hours, it's kind of hard to get away from it. Um, I literally have to work two jobs if I were to start from ground zero again. So, um, I went in this year with a big smile on my face and just, I'm here, what can I do? Uh, maximum service, you know, in my job. And a little prayer on the way to work, you know, just help me get through the day. You know, you know, the thing is, is you never know which person or which personality from which person you're gonna have to deal with when you go into that situation, so. What would you, what do you have to say to some women who are in the same situation you deal with? Any advice, any counsel, any nuggets of wisdom around, in terms of how you've, you're dealing uh, and, you, and you've had to learn how to deal. So any, do you want to share anything about lessons learned um, um, sure. that, so, that are, that could be meaningful in terms yeah. of, of, of women who find themselves in the situation that you find yourself in? Um, I would say I've had to learn tact and common sense, and I've definitely had to learn to handle things gracefully. Um, I'll give you a scenario of that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, I have to wear fire retardant uh, garments. So from head to toe, uh, I work in process areas. I have to wear the protective shields on my face, blah, blah, blah. Wow. So, um, it was, the statement was made to my immediate boss that I wasn't wearing the proper pants. 
Um, so, of course, you know, they have to call me in. And because I'm contracted to them, you know, um, the manager's like, hey, I need to make sure, do you have on the right jeans? You know, we have a tag on those jeans. I said, oh, of course I do. And, you know, arose the conversation. Why are you calling me in here for this? I've been wearing jeans for two years now. Like, why today? And, um, you know, of course, there were some little things that had got up to this place where I would even ask that question. Why didn't they just ask me? I would have been happy to say, sure. Of course I do. Um, oh, well, you're a contractor. And I was like, there it is right there. And, I guess because of all the sexual harassment suits in our country now, people want to tiptoe around asking a direct question. And honestly, that shit just pisses me off. Okay. It does because I think it makes it harder for women who do really experience sexual harassment. I have not. But I think personally that if I were to experience that, I would have a little bit of a hard time going, you know, hey, th this feels like sexual harassment to me, um, especially in my industry because it is predominantly men. Um, but, you know, so, you know, air's cleared, had a discussion, everything's good, you know, kind of made some sarcastic asshole remarks and, you know, yeah, like I'm 48 years old and I know what the hell I'm supposed to wear and right. I wear a red hard hat. Um, that's not something that's handed to you in a chemical plant. You have to earn it. Um, it is a level of safety. Now, I'm not way at the top of the safety chain. I'm at the very bottom of the safety chain, but I do practice safety. Right. And uh, that starts with what I put on my body in the morning because I have a family to go to uh, when I get off of work. Sure. I have people that would miss me and they love me. And I, you know, I don't want to devastate them by making a stupid mistake, starting with my clothing. Um, that being said, it really wasn't about the clothing. It was What's about a particular person has an issue with me. The next day my boss was gone. They literally went to the HSE, Health Safety and Environmental Department, um, and made the statement that I had been going into process areas without proper FRGs on. So at that point, I was pissed. Now the gentleman that came and talked to me, very professional, tried to address it in the most respectful way. Once he was done, we had one of those, I closed the door and let's get the air clear. I'm tired of people lying. And I've never been in a process area. Wrong clothes. Right. And at this point, we're bordering harassment. All that being said, tact, common sense, grace, and dignity. Those four things have to come into play as a woman in a man's work world. Because if you go off the handle or throw a temper tantrum, you cannot protect yourself because you are not aware of the things that are coming out of your mouth. And I can get really angry, and I was really angry that day, but I held back to, you know, so that I can make it clear this isn't the first incident. Uh, this had already been discussed. You know, the week before it was this, the week before it was that. And why is it that I keep having to come to this spot right here where somebody's questioning me or my work ethic or my integrity? And 
how much truth is it behind it and why is it always the same five or six people because there's about 100 people in my building not including the contractors out in the field right. if i had to guess we probably have 150 to 200 people any given day on our property why is it that only five or six of them are having an issue with me and everybody else is getting along with me and not only that but i got recognition like three times in two months from some PhDs that are in our building, which is not easy to get, right. you know. It's, they, it's for little things that really aren't important, but when somebody recognizes you, you're praised for that. Yeah. So why am I sitting here again? So it, it kind of brought things to a head. So defend yourself, but be respectful. Be, um, you know, use tact, use common sense. Know what your rights are, because in the workforce, bullying isn't acceptable. It isn't no more acceptable in the workforce than it is in school. Right. And uh, I have this thought, if it isn't good enough for my children, then it isn't good enough for me. Hmm. You know? Like, because I'm a parent, I want what's best for my kids. And if you're bullying my kid, not acceptable. Right. If you're doing wrong to my, not acceptable. So, therefore, you're doing me wrong. You're treating me poorly, you know, and... Um, funny part of that statement was that um, the second gentleman said, I know you don't always get the best treatment here, so it's not wow. like it's a secret. <laughs> so now I know that everybody is aware, which I needed. I needed that so that I could move forward with this is bordering harassment. What's at the heart of that? What, I mean, what's going on? I mean, if you, do you have a sense of why, why are you being harassed? Do you do I Just, honestly believe it is because I'm a female, first off, and secondly, and more importantly, I'm a contractor. Okay. And the people I'm having an issue with, and like I said, it's just a handful of people. Other people are like, thank you, you do a wonderful job, I really appreciate And those are the people that help me to make it back the next day. <laughs> because, you know, I know that they are depending on me to do things that they need done. Mm. Um, my job is not some major important job where I'm saving the world, but I, you know, I used to cut down trees for a living. Mm. Um, I was a foreman on that job. And those guys, they didn't like having a woman tell them, hey, you need to put these ropes here and we need you over here and we're going to this location. They don't like that. Mm. And, and it literally took me uh, loading tree stumps, and that's the truth from the ground to inside of a trailer to prove a point. Mm -hmm. I can do this job. I have this job. I'm in this position for a reason. I didn't just get the job because I'm cute or I'm short or anything like that. I had to work to get here. Um, and I think for women, a lot of time that gets overlooked. It's just like a housewife. I was a housewife for a long time. And I swear, I think my husband thought I had nothing to do all day. <laughs> But the truth is, is that there was, there's a lot. Your feet hit the floor at 6 a.m. and you don't go to bed till midnight sometimes when you're a housewife and a mother and there's school and kids and animals and dinner and breakfast and bath and clothes and housekeeping and run this area and get the groceries and the kids gotta go. There's a lot that goes on. I think women get overlooked in that area. Now, I'm not a sexist. I think women should earn their keep and earn their way and do the best that they can to hold their position in the world. 
and that's who I am anyway. How, how does a niece take care of a niece? That's a battle. Um, I get lost in it sometimes. Uh, I, I'll just tell you this. I love to have my hair done, and I love to have my nails done, and I like to work out, and I love to dance. It's all my kids. I love to dance. It is like, I think the only thing I love. You dance a lot? Yes. Okay. I think the only thing that I love more than dancing is my gods and my children. What kind of dance? I mean, what? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now if you do a dance move, I can mimic it. I'm that good. Well, I mean, where do you, where do you, you can just go to, where you go to clubs? Where, where, I go to clubs. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And uh, I know that's like, no, that's don't do that if you're in recovery, but here's the real truth. I don't dance. I'm liable to kill somebody. It is a release for me. On a dance floor, no matter what kind of dancing I'm doing, and I really love, um, I love to belly dance. Um, I really love that. And uh, I love to country and western dance, and I do what they call like a freestyle swing, where it's like a mix of all the different dances. You might be doing a polka, and then in that you're doing some salsa spins or some pachata hip movement. Mm-hmm. So it's like a freestyle swing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do airlifts, uh, flips, and dance so a lot. You know, at, at these clubs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very exciting to me. Um, I like to teach people how to dance. Um, it's a, I, I love it. I, I love to teach people how to dance. I've actually taught a blonde kid how to dance. That was super rewarding. Like, we were at a picnic birthday party, got introduced to him, um, and it was a musician's birthday party, a well-known musician in the area. And uh, uh, it was a friend of his son, and they were like, he goes to blind school, and he's always wanted to know how to dance. Apparently, he had a girlfriend, and uh, she couldn't hear, but she could see, and he can't see, but he can hear. So they're always trying to do, like, some kind of really, you know, rock back and forth, slow, kind of on the TV dancing. People don't know how to dance. And he was like, I've always wanted to learn how to do that, and I was like, I can teach you. And I did right there. And I taught him some real basic, simple moves. So the rewarding part of that is that his mom was inside the whole time this was going mm-hmm. on. And this 23-year-old kid, I think he was like about 23, and uh, his mom came out, and after I'd spent a little time, you know, for a good hour or so, sure. um, a little country song came on. He was like, hey, Mom, I want to show you something. Stand up. And she thought he was going to, like, prank her, you know, because apparently it was a trickster. And he was like, no, I really want to show just do this. And he tells her everything to do and gets her all lined up and says, now follow me. Well, come to find out the mom loved to dance. So she knew exactly how to follow him. And she cried the whole time. Oh, I get so emotional about that. But mm. she cried the whole time. So it was super rewarding to not only teach him, but give his mom a gift that nobody else can do her. So, yeah, awesome. I love it. That's awesome. my name. Nothing happens in the world when I'm on a dance floor. Nothing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Tough question for you. Okay. <laughs> do you love you? Oh, I do. I do love me. It took a long time to get there, though. How's that? Mm. 
What do you um, love about? What do, what do you love about yourself? What do I love about myself? Oh God, um, I man, there's a lot of things that I love about myself. But if I had to say, the most important thing is that I never gave up on me. I never gave up on myself. Although I had many reasons uh, to give up on myself, um, I actually at one point did. Not sure if I shared about this in our last conversation, but I spent about 17 hours in a, a drug-induced coma as a result of trying to kill myself. And um, and looking back on that, I I don't necessarily think it was me I was trying to kill. I think it was my demons. Mm. You know, um, all that hidden shit in the closet that I was ashamed of. Or that I regretted and um, after that occurred in my life and I sought some therapy because normal people don't do that uh, so okay. I just normal people don't try to kill themselves whatever normal looks like it's you know people that are out there in wrecked America world need to hear me say if you think you're normal but you're thinking about killing yourself you're not normal and, and it's okay not to be normal um, Thank you. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like, that. really, I had to learn that it was okay for me to be who I am. And, and who, and, you know, with that being said, I had to learn who I was. Because in that closet of demon, there was everybody else's opinion of me. There was everything that everybody said I was going to be, or everything everybody said I was not going to be. I didn't even know things that I didn't like, you know, um, and that's basically how I learned the things I do like and who I wanted to be, you know, um, and my, I think my greatest example of that would be I did not like being an abused child. So that leaves me with two things. I don't never ever want to be or will allow someone to abuse me again on any level, financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, or spiritually. But the other side of that is that I am also not allowed to be abusive. Okay. So, which was, um, I think my older kids really struggled a little bit. I never beat my children or anything like that. I was a screamer. You know, right. come in here right now. You know, sure. and um, it terrified my kids, and I didn't know that. You know, I had to learn that. And um, the other thing is, in my addiction, I have this fear of other people abusing my children, whether it be physically or sexually. So I would leave them at home by themselves to go to work. Well, I worked in a nightclub, so that meant my kids were at home, scared and alone. You know. I really, in my mind, I justified that that was the right thing to do because it, growing up the way I did, the alternative was something horrible might happen to them. But if there's nobody in the house, then nothing horrible can happen. Well, I never thought as a 16-year-old mom, 18-year-old mom, 20-year-old mom, the damn house could catch fire and then what's going to happen? You know, they might climb on the counter, fall down, and break a leg, and then... 
what's going to happen? There's nobody there. And back then, we didn't have cell phones, so that's how old I am. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. Uh, and for a while there, we didn't even have beepers. So, <laughs> you know, there was no way for them to reach me other than this pay phone. I'm showing my age for real now. Um, in the back of the dressing room um, where I worked. So, um, you know, I had to learn who I didn't want to be, and I had to learn who I didn't want to be. And it, it, it hasn't been easy. It, it, you know, uh, there is a thing in recovery that it says we trudge the happy road of destiny. It doesn't say we skip down that son of a bitch yeah, wow. through a field of daisies. We right. just don't. And I have literally had to trudge. And my sponsor always does this thing when I go to her with a problem, which isn't very often. She'll say, you know, some crazy shit off the top of her head and she'll relate it to some experience. And in my mind, usually I go, why are we talking about that? I just threw all this stuff up on you. And, but it takes me a little while to absorb what she said. And usually, usually it's, a, it's something really profound. Like, it's almost like your problems really aren't that important. But she does this uh, boat sure. rowing motions with her arms whenever she's talking right. to me. And you're trudging. trudging. You're yeah. not skipping through it. You're, yeah. you're living life. You're having these experiences. Um, so that being said, uh, what I love about me the most is that I didn't give up on myself. Mm -hmm. And I actually am coming to a place in my life where I feel like people who don't see me for the value I have in myself, they piss me off. <laughs> in that trudging, that work, as you've found what you love about yourself, what what major what, what's a major fault that you've had to embrace? What what is a fault that you that you've that's been unearthed that you found that you have had to deal with? I don't know if it's a fault. Okay. I, I can't really say it's a fault okay. uh, because it benefits me. Um, okay. And there have been some times in my life that I've seen it benefit other people. But I can be rather raw sometimes. Okay. Um, I'm very passionate in, um, in things that I believe in. And over the last 22 years of being sober and clean, I have learned to... Um, get my point across a little more gent gently. Okay. Um, but there are times that I'm not interested in being gentle with you. So here it is. This is who I am. This is what you're going to get. I either like what you're doing or I don't. And usually I don't get too raw on things that I like. It's usually something that um, you've pissed me off. Um, you haven't made me angry. I've really done really well with people not making me angry. Um, over the last years, I think the last time I truly lost my temper, I was 14 years sober. And I mm. punched a man in the mouth. Um, he was about six foot eight. He was driving a car. I was outside his car. Wow. <laughs> so that's where anger takes me. So I guess that would be a fault. But that was a great learning experience for me. 
because I really thought that I was away from that kind of anger and that I did not need to uh, behave that way anymore. And all of a sudden, there it was, reared its ugly head, and I was like, oh, shit, what do I do with this? And uh, what I know is that, um, you know, those used to be everyday temper tantrums for me. Violence was a, a way for me in, in my addiction. Uh, violence was a way for me even as a child. Um, and I'm not very big. I'm not. You know, you would think that there would be like you're small and you're, you're only 5'3". And, and I was not always a heavy girl. Um, but that never plays into my mind when I get angry. So uh, anger would be my fault. But being raw is, it may be a, a fault. I'm not so sure about that, though. I, I think it's benefited. I've actually looked at people and said, do you fucking stink? Go take a bath. Get away from me. Really? Don't talk to me until you ain't had no dope or alcohol. Go take a bath. Do you know what you look like? And I, a year later, had that person go, thank you for being honest when nobody else would. You just come on and say just like Oh, yes, I did. I probably wasn't even that nice about it. He asked me for 20 bucks. He was high as a kite and spoke like, right. like a dog. Right. Worst time of doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, my kids were standing there and... Um, you know, and being who I am and being raw like that, I have raised the most sarcastic children in the world. But I so appreciate it. Like, I was, you know, in my addiction, I was this parent, you're not allowed to do this and you can't do that. And when I got sober, it was even worse for my oldest two. Um, my two youngest ones, they kind of broke me. Like, I, I, you know, I really listened to what those older kids said, we hated this about you, and I tried to do it different with the younger ones. Well, they're all assholes now, just like me. Mm-hmm. They're all sarcastic. They're all very funny. Cool. Very, very funny, yeah. but very raw, very, you know, like the kings, queens of comedy. I don't yeah. know if you've ever watched Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, blue-collar comedy, yeah. that's my kids. I gave birth to four of them. Um, but because they are who they are, I have conversations with my children that most mothers would cringe over. Um, whether it be about them being parents or them dating, or especially boys. Oof, man, you guys could come up with some stuff. Um, yeah, I've heard some things moms probably shouldn't hear, but um, at the same time, because they can talk to me that way, uh, I think I have a bond with them that nobody else in the world can have with them. And I think that they know, um, they know their mom has had some experiences and has overcome them and has uh, really risen uh, her standards to a level uh, that, you know, make them proud and just you know i think it's a benefit i think being raw is a benefit maybe anger's the fault but i don't hardly ever see anger i get that mad pissed off burned up for a minute but usually i can retract from it i don't let it take me to angry stay there let's just stay here for a minute okay you, you've probably heard it said you know if you can't be a good example be a horrible warning uh-huh. what about you and as a horrible warning what about me? It's a horrible warning. Um, there's two sides to my passion. That yeah. second side, you don't want a part of. And I don't care who you are. Um, and now we go with that anger. That um, if I get up and I tell you 
I, I recently just had to do this, had a person in my life really going through whatever they're going through, but they were lashing out at me, taking it out on me, and I was, you know, trying that tolerant, kind, loving approach, and for me, loving isn't, oh, it's going to be okay. Loving is, hey, if I were you, this is what I would do. Um, I was in that situation. This is what I did. I'm not going to pat you on the back and go, it's okay, baby, because it's not okay in the world. Isn't You better be able to stand on your feet because if you're not, you're going to get walked on. Um, uh, but they kept doing that, and it actually resulted in me uh, physically standing up and saying, don't fucking speak to me that way. What the fuck is wrong with you? And it caught them like, oh, hold on. Because they had never seen that part of me. Somebody's only known me for a little while. But they changed their attitude. So when I say the, the horrible warning is, all the love and kindness and giving and understanding and forgiving that I have in me, there's another side to that source. <laughs> There is. There is another side to that. Because if I truly am passionate about something, yeah. you're going to know about it. Yeah. You're, and I, like I said yeah. earlier, I don't tolerate yeah. abuse. Yeah. So. So, so there's no gray with you. Nope. <laughs> no. No. But that makes it easy for me to talk to really intelligent people because really intelligent people don't have gray areas. It's black and white. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Um, I think if there was a gray area, it would be in my emotions. I kind of get, if I am responding to something emotionally um, and not um, logically, then it can get a little gray um, because then I'm, I become unsure of myself. It's like I have this inner battle going on. I'm getting better at not responding emotionally and taking that gray out. Like, it's black and white. You either get this or you don't. You, I mean, I either love you or I don't. Um, and genuinely, I love most everybody I meet. Um, that doesn't mean that I like them. And uh, so if I don't like you, I don't like you. I don't want you in my presence. You will know that I don't. Um, if I love you, you will know because I will make it a point to call and check up on you. Uh, uh, make sure you have what you need. Um, tell you, you know, show you when you're down that there is one person in your corner. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no gray. Mostly black and white. <laughs> you said though in the in the emotional area, that's where it can be. Yeah. So, um, would you share about? You mentioned about uh, your um, you're an intuitive, mm -hmm. and based on your um, um, I'll use the term work with witchcraft. Yes, I don't necessarily work with witchcraft. Okay, so I'm 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 using I I'm struggling. practice the craft. Okay. <clears throat> Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, and, and what I'm, I'm asking, very young in it. Okay. I'm very young in it. Um, so let me just say this. For many, many years in my life, there was a lot of confusion about what I believed spiritually. Um, and it was really easy for me to do whatever you were doing. 
So if you were reading the Bible and going to church and preaching Catholicism, okay, I'll do that. Um, if it, you were a Christian, and okay, I'll do that. Um, so I'll tell you a couple of encounters that I had as far, and I am not knocking Christianity or Catholicism or any faith whatsoever because my truest belief is this, uh, the neutral ground. This is the neutral ground. I don't care who your God is, what your God is, or how inadequate that God is to anybody else. It's your God. That's your business. And whatever path you need to take to get to God, take it. For me, it was a very long, dark path. Um, you know, growing up. So, um, growing up, my mom... Uh, she went to sleep with the Bible on her chest all the time, but I can remember growing up, my mom would also sit down and read tarot cards and, and things like that. And I think at one point she may have been involved in the craft, and I'm not sure why she stopped doing that. Um, and now she's married to a Methodist preacher. Mm. Uh, but when I was a kid, oh, Go you know... When I was a kid, uh, we went to a Baptist church. Well, it's kind of hard to soak up what the Baptist got to say when you're going home and getting your ass beat off of you and you're being molested and, and you're growing up in a household with uh, a raging, uh, uh, angry person um, and a child abuser. Hmm. It's kind of hard to soak up all that yeah. shit that they're preaching to you. Um, and, and, and now that I'm an adult, I can tell you that I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that they do, not based on what happened as a kid, but based on the things that I have made it a point to learn about in seeking spirituality. Okay. So that if it, but if it works for them, by all means, please do it. Okay. Because having uh, a good spiritual life it can do wonders for you. It can make you love yourself and make you not want to kill yourself and make you not want to do three eight balls of cocaine in a day. You know, it, sure. it, it can, so whatever it takes. Um, uh, uh, another bad experience I had was with uh, Catholicism. I, my, I married uh, into a Catholic family, my first marriage. Uh, they were hell-bent on my first child being christened and blah, blah, blah. And basically, you know, we've got to have the sin removed and all this stuff that they come up with. You know, to the point that while I was pregnant, I was having nightmares that my, you know, baby was going to be sawed up at the delivery table because she was born with sin. Um, so I, I agreed, like, okay, we'll go down there and we'll, we'll do it. When we got down there, the preacher told me I had a bastard child and they couldn't do it because she wow. was conceived out of wedlock. Wow. Um, I politely told the. Uh, politely? <laughs> oh, I did. Okay. It was very politely. Okay. I'm very direct, though. Um, F you, you bastard. Uh, I'll never step foot in your Evan church again. Have a nice day. Get my baby and let's go because this ain't happening. And it never did. It never happened. I never christened any of my kids. But you know what? All that could not be my um, part of my decision 
to go in the direction I did spiritually. So for me, um, and this is strictly for me, uh, and it works, that I don't care how inadequate it is to anyone else, it works for me. I'm alive, I'm sober, I'm clean. For the most part of my life, I'm happy. I do believe I'm a good human being with a good heart and a smart mind. That being said, how I got to that place was, I do not believe in the rules of religion. I do, however, believe in spirituality. I believe that there are things that have happened in my life that have spiritually enlightened me. First off, when you see the Grim Reaper standing next to you, you know that it's not, not real. When you dream on the day that your child was conceived that you're going to have a child and she is going to be somewhat angelic at birth and that if you don't make the right decision as to having this child, you're not going to live another day. When you have experiences like that, and I have had experiences like that, um, I've actually had the dead stand right in front of me. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people. Don't care what people think about it. I have witnesses um, to to what I say. Um, I had to really start seeking what do I believe spiritually and. Um, I believe there are 13 principles and basically in my little bit of research that I've done, like I said, I'm very young in that, I'm very underdeveloped in that area. There are 13 principles, honesty, integrity, you know, mm -hmm. loyalty, a faith, um, ultimately the, the, the number one principle is to love. And um, I once had a preacher's son ask me, what's it like to be a witch? And I said, well, it comes without judgment. It comes without judgment. And, um, and it's freeing. And um, it made, you know, there's rituals in every faith. I don't think people realize that. Um, and we just have certain rituals like it's a it's a full moon i have to wait for this lunar eclipse to be over but i'm getting a hair trim um i do that on the full moon um, and it's a little ritual that goes with it um and because of that i have a gorgeous beautiful hair okay uh, and most women my age do not have hair this thick or this long so um that's a little that's a little thing that right. i do um i don't believe in uh harming others, uh, that's a huge no-no. Uh, I'm not a Satanist, that's, whole, that's religion. Satanism is a religion, okay. it is not a spiritual. Voodoo is a religion, just like Catholicism or Christianity. I don't do those, I don't do religion, I do mm -hmm. spiritual path. And for the most part, my spiritual path is usually divinely where I'm supposed to be. Um, I do like to read tarot cards. I do like to read runes. I do like to do meditation. I do believe in the elements, um, earth, fire, water, and wind. And, um, you know, it, 
it's so funny because if you look around our world, look at how powerful fire and water really are. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what's happening in our world right now. And how the wind is like a enforcement for fire and water, like Australia and uh, these tsunamis. I, I believe in that stuff. And, um, and to me, that stuff is very, very spiritually moving. Um, I have a few friends that practice. Um, one of them grew up devout Catholic. She's no longer devout Catholic. She totally practices a craft. I'm actually an ordained minister in um, the craft. Uh, you are? Yes. Good. Yes, I am. Um, it only required X amount of hours in um, study, which I had over four years of study at the time. It's not something you obviously can go to school for, because I don't think they have that at college. <laughs> but they do have chemistry, which is the same thing as alchemy. Um, they do have divinity, which is is is, is, is spiritual. It's spiritual mm-hmm. lessons. Um, I do believe there is a Jesus. Um, I do believe there is a God. I don't believe there's only one God. Um, I do believe in the goddess. Um, I believe in the Acacia Records. Um, I believe that this universe is a mind of its own. Uh, this earth is a mind of its own. And um, I should probably respect that. And I, there's a thing that we love to say, namaste, you know, and basically which means... Say it again. Namaste. Namaste. Which means I respect and honor you and the God in you. That's who I am in that area. How do you practice this craft for the benefit of making this world a better place? Um, well, I do it in my work life. Uh, uh, not so much anymore, but um, I was involved in handling environmental waste. Um, and that's a big deal because it plays a huge part in protecting the earth that we live on and protecting the human beings on it. Um, I deal with really heavy-duty chemicals. Um, my job was to minimize as much waste as I could. So that was something that I did. Um, I try to, uh, spiritually, I try to um, encourage people to seek spirituality no matter what. I uh, and try to um, build people up spiritually. You know, you are beautiful, you are a miracle, you have a purpose here. Um, and that's not always easy to do, especially if you're dealing with somebody like me because I like to like dissection. <laughs> like, uh, why do you think that? And uh, what's that for? So, I mean, that's just who I am. Um, but at the same time, it's a benefit um, to be that way because I can, you know, when I come across that person, there's no God, there's no, like, really? Come on. You really believe that? We just all magically popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> I can get a little sarcastic about it, but, you know, it's like, um, I do pray, um, and I, I really, really, really uh, 
try to be a decent human being. I use the word decent because I don't want people to look like, oh, she's such a good girl because she's not. <laughs> she's not a good girl. She is a human being and I make mistakes and I have faults and I fall short. Sure. But, well but I, I, if I'm a decent human being, then that means I am what does that mean? trying to rid myself of those faults, be better each day that I get up, look at my mistakes, do something different, you know, uh, be more kind, be more encouraging, um, uh, not be so judgmental. I used to be super judgmental, especially with men. No offense, but, you know, you guys really, I had it out for you. <laughs> I did, man. I, I really had it out for you. I was going to hang all of you one way or another. Um, <laughs> But that's a result of the way I grew up, and 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 I don't look at it like that. You know, I get I have a strong understanding for men today, which is amazing. I do. I think that's partially because I raised two boys. Um, I've also been married three times, but I've made some pretty intense mistakes, and and I've had to look back and go, you know, this poor guy did the same thing to me. I just raped his ass. It was a cold, and now I know what he truly felt like inside. So, man, I probably shouldn't, you know, judge that anymore. You know, um, I don't know. I, I, whatever I can do, I, I love to, I love to garden. I love to plant plants. I, uh, love, you know, I apologize to them when I have to give them a haircut because I feel like I'm crazy. I'm like, it's crazy. It's not crazy. A lot of people in the world are doing it. I'm just letting you know that right now. Um, uh, with that being said, um, it's so funny that you would even ask me about being a witch. Um, basically, what you need to know is the word witch simply means to not be Christian. It's a tag that we were given way back in the day. Hmm. Um, okay. When we were sneaking around building um, churches for the Catholics and hanging our own little uh, icons in those churches. Uh, so, um, and, and when I say it comes without judgment, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There's a book called The Hammer. It was about how to seek out witches and kill them. And it was not written by witches, okay? <laughs> say that right there. So we really had to go into hiding. Um, and, and I... Uh, you know, I try to op uh, raise my kids with an open mind uh, in spirituality because I didn't want them. I see so many people that, oh, I'm a Christian, but they are bound by the rules of religion. And they're dying on the street with a needle in their arm right now. Mm. Yeah. So I really try to encourage in my own children, be open-minded, seek until you find what talks to your heart. Um, and I say your proverbial heart because this, you know, muscle only does one thing and it isn't educate you. It pumps blood, you know. It, you don't feel that unless you feel it in your mind. So, um, so with that being said, this is one of the only countries in the world that is weird to be a witch. Did you know that? No. Yes. Look it up. Look at look. Go look at. You can go over in Europe and the stuff that they're doing. The culture's like totally accepts it. It's. I mean, we're Americans are close-minded. They are. They really are. Um, you know, it's like, we don't even know it. 
You don't even realize it. I mean, I, I didn't realize it until I started really seeking. I was like, well, Buddhists believe in their God. And they don't seem to be having a problem. You know, I literally got told I was going to hell the other day <laughs> because of a Facebook post, uh, which had nothing to do with religion. But um, that shows the closed mind. Right, right, right. Like, would you say that to a Buddhist? How are you going to go stand in front of a Buddhist monk and say, because you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell? Mm. Right. You're not. You're not. You're right. Most people don't have that kind of courage. And if they do, it's because they don't know what they're talking about. Right. They've lost their mind. Mm. So I, I tried to raise my kids open-minded. One thing that I did do was I sent them to a vacation Bible school once for three days. It didn't last the whole week. Only because my son got in the church, I mean, got in the uh, uh, Jeep after he got out of his little church. And, oh, guess what we learned today? And I'm like, you know, having that conversation with him. And I'm excited for him because it's a fun thing for them to do. You know, when I went when I was a kid and we got to make crafts and, and I did learn a lot of things. And, and that little bit of seed planting that they did did allow me to go out and seek what fulfilled my heart. And... Uh, He's like, you know you're going to hell, right? You're going to go to sleep one night, your bed's going to catch on fire. And I said, what are you talking about, boy? Mm. He said, you're a witch. And I went, okay, well, would you, and that's exactly the question I heard. Would you say that to a Buddhist? What's a Buddhist? I said, exactly, you don't know what you're talking about, so you probably should not talk about it. Not going back to vacation Bible school. Because that's not what I'm trying to teach you. Today, that same little boy would be like, go ahead and mess with my mom. She's got more gods than one little other time. <laughs> you know, and I like to make that joke in recovery rooms. Because uh, some people are like, you know, they get hell-bent on that religious thing in recovery. But I'll be like, well, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I had to have more than one. So uh, we're good over here. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And all awesome. Americans are close-minded in that area, I think. That's just an opinion, and I'm probably pissing people off, as I say. But that's, that's a skill that I have. But if you're mad about it, you'll think about it. Yeah. Final thoughts. Um, it's 2020. What's, what's this year look like for Anise? It's a little bit selfish. Okay. Um, so last year, we had a lot of babies in the family, and I really dedicated a lot of time to uh, trying to help moms and, um, you know, just kind of really putting myself out there for my kids. Oh, you know, um, I probably fell short, but who cares? I did my best. Um, this year, uh, with my age now, about to be 49, I have decided that um, I'm going to finish up the surgeries that I have to have on the mouth. Uh, drug use and alcoholism and neglect ruined my teeth, so if you have great teeth, please take care of them. It can be rather scary. Um, I literally thought I was going to have a stroke a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had to have some uh, teeth extracted to prevent that from happening. Um, so 2020. I um, always kind of looked towards the healthier side of things. I think I want to start bodybuilding this year. I'm uh, 
really, really, really um, working toward that. I lost 11 pounds last year awesome. and kept it off. Not only did I lose it, but I kept it off for a whole year. Awesome. I made it through the holidays, so my donut rolls more like a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's not quite as big or that muffin thumb is not quite. Uh, it's just a little one now. Um, so I'm really going to try to dedicate a lot of time to that. Um, I have a friend that wants me to uh, go with them on some swamp tours and throw axes at this axe throwing place. Did you know that was a thing? I heard about that. I, I'm, I think I'm going to try it because I think that I could probably get some aggression out. Uh, I really do without actually causing any harm. Like, oh, I'm allowed to throw the axe? Check this out. So, okay, so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. I am going to my first witch festival this year. Um, it's being held in Austin. And my daughter turned me on to it. I have a good friend that's going to uh, go with me. And as soon as we heard about it, she bought two tickets. Like, we're going. I was like, a win. <laughs> so, um, some really, something really exciting is happening to me in February, though. Um, so, I come from a broken home. My father has um, five other children outside of me. I was the only child from my two parents. Then I have a brother and sister, or uh, half brother, half sister, from uh, one woman he was with, and he, I have two half sisters and a half brother from another woman he was with. My dad was a charmer, uh, very charming, and very much a storyteller. Uh, could talk your ear off for hours. Uh, one of those sisters. So it comes to naturally. <laughs> yes, it uh, it comes to all of us. We're all storytellers, and it's great to be in a room with with some of them. I don't know all of my brothers and sisters. I have met all of them except for one, and um, one of the sisters that I met about fifteen years ago, very briefly. Um, I actually, I actually look like her. Only she is. Like, we have all the same features, but she is just phenomenally gorgeous. She's in her 50s, and she looks 10 years younger than me. I don't know what her secret is. I intend to find no. out. <laughs> but she's gorgeous. Anyway, um, I get to meet her again. And we just reunited right before Christmas and Thanksgiving um, via Facebook. That is a wonderful tool um, for the world to use if we use it for a positive thing. Um, I don't know. Can we get into sponsors? I think that's like the third time I've said <laughs> Facebook. Um, okay, anyway, so, um, but we reunited through a Facebook and got phone numbers and talked. And it was like talking to somebody who had been my friend my whole life. And, um, which is, that's the way it was when I met her the first time. We lost contact somehow. I think it was like during my divorce or something. Uh, but I get to see her in February. Awesome. So, and what's really cool about that is my birthday's in February and her birthday's in February. So, uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad's birthday's in February, too. So I was like, man, he just was trying to get his own damn present. He ended up with some great girls. We're gorgeous girls. So, yeah. He was, he's super proud uh, of his daughters. He, although he doesn't say that much, he, he really is. Um, That's my, awesome. My dad's a pretty amazing guy. He's a big man, too, so I've never been scared. <laughs> so a good year here. I think so. That's just all the way up to July. And, who, you know, I'm really hoping that uh, I'm re 
really hoping that this is the year that things really turn around for me. Last couple of years have been a real hard struggle. Um, gone through a lot uh, with my sons, with my daughters, um, lost a few friends over the last few years. So I, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I've got a positive outlook, which is a, always a great place to start, you know? Well, let's claim it. Yeah. I'm claiming it. Yeah. It's mine. I'm going to yeah. win the lottery. I'm going to retire. All those kids of mine are going to be good. All those grandbabies are going to be well taken care of. Um, I'm going to travel a little bit and uh, take care of my health. That is my main goal um, because last year was rough health-wise. Health-wise. Awesome. Yeah. Back All into right. the dancing, getting things taken care of. All right. What 2020 niece. What about you? What about me? Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's flip the table here. Now, okay. Now, this question, let me know what you okay. got what, planned what? for 2020. Well, um, <laughs> getting this, this Wrecked America podcast uh, in full bloom. Oh, shit, did I forget to say that? Like, I'm so involved in uh, this no. already. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. And, um, this, yeah, Wrecked America 2020 is, is going to be awesome. And so I'm really believing in and optimistic. Um, we're going to start, so talk about it, uh, we're moving into it. So we're going to start uh, at least twice a month. Um, and so just, we'll, we definitely will uh, record again this month. Uh, and in February, we'll up it. So we'll probably just let it, uh, FYI. So we're going to be rolling it probably at the clip of at least three times a, a month until the recording. Um, we have some plans in terms of promotion and sponsors, so I'm I'm we're really believing that it's going to be a great year, um, and um, I'm, I feel really good about 2020. Well, I think yeah. that if we if I get to continue to be a part of this, I'm very you excited are about it. Yes. Um, I think that if we only reached one person in this whole world, it is an absolute. It is awesome. uh, yeah, it is awesome. Thank you. It's really Thank awesome. You. I mean, and I am so glad that you were uh, put in my path. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, well, that's that, that's mutual, and, and we believe we're going to. Um, you started one at a time. Uh, the, there's funny you mention that. I, there's a story about this um, this girl. She's um, uh, on the beach, and she's um, uh, she, there's the beach is. Is saturated with, with starfish that wash ashore, and um, so she's throwing them back into the water, trying to save them. Uh, and this this man comes upon her, sees her, uh, and he's like, he's just amazed at her. You know, he walks over, and says, you know, uh, what are you doing? And she says, I'm I'm saving the starfish, and and she's throwing them water. He says, you know. He looks at the beach and says, like, it's covering him. He says, you know, you're just one person, and there's all these starfish. You can't possibly make a difference. And she looks at him. She reaches down. She picks up a starfish. She throws it back. I made a difference to that one, didn't I? Right. Keep 
can't make a difference in all of them, but I can make a difference in this one. You know, just just one at one. point is, it's one at a time. That's right. I I I heard a a great speaker at the uh, AA World Convention in uh, San Antonio a few years back, and there was a guy up there, and he was talking about being a grain of sand. And uh, you know, a beach is a beautiful thing. And the water washes in, and it washes the sand out, and it washes in. And it's like, you know, how how do you become that beach? How do you be what that beach is to the water? You know, that's what recovery is like. And uh, you don't become the beach. You just become that little grain of sand, you know, which is part of that beach. And so I, uh, I'm that little grain of sand. The tithe is up to the gods, and uh, all I got to do is my part, and uh, my part uh, makes a whole beach, you know, for somebody else. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me.